I'm assuming it's working, so uh, I'll just get on to it. That this morning, I want to talk to you about uh, well diggers, okay? What it means to, to dig a well of the Spirit of God in your life, individually and corporately. And I'm going to share a scripture, John chapter 4, starting at verse 7. And it says, A woman from Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a woman of Samaria? For Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw water with, and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob? He gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did his sons and his livestock. Jesus said to her, everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. The water that I'll give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, sir, give me this water so that I will not be thirsty or have to come here to draw water. So we see in this scripture, Jesus is, he's at a well uh, during the daytime, which was not a normal time for people to come and to, uh, and to, to gain water. Uh, but this woman comes and she, she sees him there. Now, it wasn't uh, normal and right for a, for a Jewish man, particularly a rabbi, to talk to a woman full stop. Okay, so just, you just didn't talk to women. Uh, and let alone to talk to a Samaritan woman. So this is already a radical thing, and you could do whole sermons on, on that kind of part of it. But essentially, the woman uh, he's, is asked for a drink by Jesus, and his response is, you give me... Sorry, yeah, Jesus asked the woman for a drink. Her response is, I shouldn't do that. But then he's like, but if you knew the gift of God and who it is that is asking you, then you would have asked me for a drink which is confusing to me because <laughs> Jesus asked her for a drink and then he's like, if you knew who I was, you would have asked me for a drink. Um, but he's just trying to kind of draw her out. But I love this idea of, uh, of what God does in terms of awakening people and this wellspring of life, the Holy Spirit in us coming up and flowing out and pouring over. And, you know, there's uh, good teaching and it's a really great understanding that even as churches, we can dig corporate wells. And I believe this is a place, it's a well, it's a, it's a place where, uh, where people come and drink. You know, but there's something that where we've pressed in for, uh, where we've done a purity journey, we've done a worship journey, let's just awaken something in the Lord. And, and that happens, it's happened for, you know, uh, throughout history. But there's something of the individual reality of the Holy Spirit becoming in you a wellspring of life. Not just a well, but a wellspring that bubbles over. So in, this, uh, in chapter 10, sorry, verse 10, Jesus answered, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. So what is the gift of God? Well, we find that in other scriptures like Acts uh, chapter 8, verse 17. And it says, Then they laid their hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. Now, when Simon saw that the Spirit was given through the, raising, uh, the laying on of the apostles' hands, he offered them money, saying, Give me this power also, so that anyone whom I lay hands on may receive the Holy Spirit. But Peter said to him, May your silver perish with you, because you thought you could obtain the gift of God with money. 
So when Jesus says to the woman, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that is asking you, you would have asked me for a drink and I would have given you this gift. I would have given you the Holy Spirit. Uh, 2 Timothy 1.6, For this reason I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of hands. For God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power, love, and self-control. So we know as well there's something, a little kind of tidbit here, that when it comes to praying for people and blessing them, laying hands on them to release the Holy Spirit, there's a transference that happens there, which is pretty cool. John 6.37, Then on the most important day of the feast, the last day, Jesus stood and shouted out to the crowds, All you thirsty ones, come to me. Come to me and drink. Believe in me so that rivers of living water will burst out from within you, flowing from your innermost being, just like the scripture says. Rivers of living water will burst out of you flowing from your innermost being just like the scripture says jesus was prophesying about the holy spirit that believers were being prepared to receive but the holy spirit had not yet been poured out on them because jesus had not yet been unveiled in his full splendor so we see outlined several times this idea that when the holy spirit comes and makes his home in people he is not just there as a, as a catchman is not a bucket but the whole reality is that he is a wellspring of life that lives in us and this is something that when you say i'm again believer and i've been filled with the spirit you have a well a spring of life in you and she talks about in verse 12 this woman says are you greater than our father jacob he gave us a well and drank from it himself as did his sons and his livestock so the reality is the wellspring is for you and it's for those around you so to know that you have a source of life that dwells in you and yet too often i believe that we become a people that kind of wait for it to rain when the lord is, has taught us and equipped us to drink from a well so we stand there in these, these kind of dry places and dry seasons and like, God, where are you? God, I'm just not feeling your presence or God, I just don't feel like you're close and God, I don't feel your power or the anointing or whatever it might be. But Lord God, make it rain. And maybe we come and we, we gather together with other believers and people pray for us. And we have a great time in worship. Oh, there you are, Lord. And then we go away from that place and the rain stops pouring or we don't have other people's wells to drink from, and we feel like, oh, where's God now? So it's so important that you realize and recognize and acknowledge that the wellspring of life that dwells in you is for you to drink from. It's your sustenance in God. It's your daily provision. And it's something that's overflowing. It's just constantly flowing there. It's constantly accessible to you. You know, people that, you know, if if you're in the desert, and you're wanting to survive, you need water to survive. But if you wait for it to rain, you'll probably perish. And yet if you're in the desert and you have a well, there's, there's provision and sustenance for you. You will survive even in the harshest of conditions because you have access to life-giving water. Amen? So it's important for us that we understand, okay, my responsibility is not to wait around for God to make it to rain, as glorious as those times are. It's great to be in the reign of God. <laughs> it's great this for when his presence is manifest you know when we say holy spirit come father make yourself known that doesn't um, exclude the fact that we have the wellspring of life in us but it's just nice when god comes and shows up and does cool stuff that's good too 
But if we are a people that expect, are going to expect to live on rainfall, you're going to go thirsty. And the reality is you can die of thirst in a rainstorm. <laughs> Even in a rainstorm, you can die of thirst if you're not opening up your mouth to receive. So it's important that we're accessing this reality. That we're, that we're being good stewards of what God has placed in us. And I've talked before about when it comes to your well, making sure that it's clean. You know, so doing the purity journey, because anything, any junk that you're feeding into your life, essentially is like it's been poured into the well and it's going to taint the flow of life in you. But that's not the point of the, today's sermon. And as well, it's not just then for you, as, as Jacob drank from the well himself, as did his sons and his livestock. So there's then the expansion of, well, if I'm not recognizing the wellspring of life that's in me, then I'm also not releasing it to other people. You know, the, the Holy Spirit is released through the laying on of hands. So there's an acknowledgement for the apostles in, in the book of Acts that we're carrying something that can be released. That we have not just a bucket that we can draw from, we actually have a well spring, a spring that's bubbling up and pouring over. So that we become a people that go around saying, I have something to give because I'm feasting on this water, but it's not just for me, it's for me to give away to other people. And that's how it works. It goes from one person to the other. But then it's like I get to release the wellspring of life and then all of a sudden it starts to bubble up in you then you receive the wellspring of life. And then you take that and you're like, and you start to drink from that. It's like, wow, life is coming to me. And then I go around and we release it to other people. So what is this living water? Well, I believe we can draw out from Scripture that it's the same water. It's essentially the flow of God's glory that comes from His throne room. It's the flow of His glory that comes from the throne room. So it's not just because a spring is, is, you know, it's tapped down into an under, you know, underground kind of stream, an underground flow. So for you to understand, and I love this picture that kind of came to me, it's like, it's not just that it's in me and just sitting there, it's like it's connected to the throne room of God. <laughs> so when you recognize I have a wellspring of life, your, that wellspring is connected to the throne room of God and the very glory of God comes when you release, when you pray for people, when you lay hands on people, when you're drinking from that place, you're drinking from the throne room of God. You're drinking from the flow of glory that's coming from His throne room. That's amazing. Revelation 22 verse 1, Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, bright as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb. Isaiah, uh, sorry, uh, Ezekiel 47.1, Then he brought me back to the door of the temple, and behold, water was issuing from below the threshold of the temple toward the east, for the temple faced east. The water was flowing down from below the south end of the threshold of the temple, south of the altar. Isaiah 58.11, And the Lord will continually guide you and satisfy your desire in scorched places and make your bones strong. You shall be like a watered garden, like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. Amen. Isaiah 55.1, Come, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters, and he who has no money, come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without price. That's what you have access to. And it's important as we read through the Old Testament and we, there's imagery contained 
in so much of the Old Testament. Imagery about Christ, but also imagery about the nature of the kingdom of God. You know, the promised land. But what's the promised land? Will you dwell in it? <laughs> the milk of the land of milk and honey. Guess what? You got it. You got a flow of milk and honey. It dwells in you <laughs> because you've become the throne room of God. You've become the dwelling place of the Lord. And again, I was again talking to someone this week and like just mind blown by the reality that you have the Spirit of God dwelling in you. It's like, what more do we need? <laughs> you know, talking about, well, you know, like, well, I, you know, you might feel like, well, I'm not, you know, I don't have the right words to say and I'm just not confident in this and, you know, how can I evangelize or how can I step out in this way? It's like, you've got all that you need. Bible college is good, but it's no substitute for a spring of life. <laughs> it's no substitute for the Spirit of God. But a lot of people think that if I learn all of the stuff, then I'll be successful. Well you, well, you might be, but not necessarily for the kingdom of God. Because that's the kingdom right there, this spring of life, the Spirit of God that's given to us. The Spirit of God that dwells upon us. Isaiah 44, 3, For I'll pour out my water on the thirsty land and my streams on the dry ground. I will pour my Spirit upon your offspring and my blessing upon your descendants. This is all prophesied from the Old Testament towards you. Amen? All right. And I believe that maturity, one mark of maturity in the kingdom of God is moving from encounter to expression. Is that when believers move from having an encounter with God to being an expression of God. So not asking God to do things that He has already released us to do. If we, we sometimes we get caught in prayer and we're asking God to do things and he's like, I've told you to do them. Stop delegating back to me what's your responsibility. God's a busy, busy guy. He's got enough on his plate. <laughs> so he's like, no, 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 you don't understand. I've, I've given you authority. I've given you my very spirit, my power, my grace, the wellspring of life to flow out of you. I've given you everything that you need. I've given you authority over demonic spirits. I've given that to you. Now go and bring my kingdom. Go and proclaim the good news of my kingdom. When we pray, stop praying for people to be healed. Declare healing over them. Stop praying for God to do a work that he's released for you to do. Jesus didn't ask the Father, what should I do? He saw what the Father was doing and he stepped into it. But he didn't ask permission to cast out demons because he had authority to do that. And I'm saying this is not for someone who's just like first day Christian. You need to grow in maturity. You need to grow in purity in that kind of way. But for me, it's, it's coming out of this place where I just want to have this encounter with God. But then I step into being, I'm going to be an expression of God. As you come into a greater measure of oneness, like John 17 talks about, coming into oneness with God, knowing the mind of God as you have the mind of Christ. That's this, the, in 1 Corinthians 2, this little section of Scripture, and it talks about the wisdom of God, that uh, the Spirit of God knows all the thoughts of the Father, in the same way that only your Spirit truly knows your thoughts. But then he says, you have the Spirit of God dwelling in you. You have the mind of Christ. 
which isn't that my natural mind all of a sudden only thinks like Jesus. It's being renewed day by day. But the mind of Christ is the Spirit of God. So you have all the very thoughts of God dwelling in you by the Spirit. Do you want to know what God thinks? Just ask yourself. Ask yourself what? Now, again, I'm not talking for someone who's like new believer. I'm not saying just trust. Oh, well, I just thought it, so it must be God. You know, I'm putting that in the context of doing a heart journey, doing a purity journey, doing all of that stuff put together. But the, the journey of maturity in the kingdom is, is less about asking and more about expressing because we know the heart of God. And so we start to walk in the reality of God that I'm not just thinking like Jesus, I'm being transformed into the likeness of Jesus, that I'm embodying His nature to such a degree that what I do is what He would do. What I say is what He would say. 2 Corinthians 3.18, And we all with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. You're being transformed from one degree of glory to another. You're being transformed into the same image. You're being, you're being transformed into the same image of God. That's what humanity was created, created in the image of God. That's now we lost that and it's being restored to the body of Christ. And this might sound controversial, but God wants you to be like God. Does that feel weird for people to say out loud? <laughs> Feels weird for me. That God wants me to be like Him. Now, I'm not separate to Him. I'm not another God. But I've come into oneness with the Lord in that way. So I'm just being shaped into His image. But I'm connected with Him. If I was to be separate from Him, then I, then I would be pursuing to be like a false God. But it's like, well, no. Like, how can I not be that? How can I not be transformed when I'm literally, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit and my spirit have become one. They've been married and enmeshed in this way. How do I distinguish what is God and what is not? So in, a maturity in the kingdom is moving from encounter to expression. We need to understand when we have the wellspring, when we learn to drink from it, when we learn to give that away, we become a people that express the reality of God's kingdom. And it's so important that we don't become a people that live off somebody else's wealth. Now, look, it's okay for you to, if you're in a parched land and you're like, I don't know how to, uh, you know, I've, I've let my well kind of fill up with dirt. And I haven't done a good job. Can I drink from your well? So somebody was to pray for you and to bless you and to release the, the power of God, the spirit of God, the, the fresh living water to you to sustain you in a dry place. I'm not talking about independence here. We're still to be an interdependent people. But if you're relying day after day and week after week for somebody else to sustain you and to give you water from their well. That's irresponsible. You need to be responsible for digging your own well. You've got to be responsible for doing that. Okay? Otherwise, you look and say, man, that person's so spiritual and they're so awesome and they're so pure. I'm just going to come and drink from their well. You know, just forget about mine. And I'm just going to kind of do whatever I want to do, you know, throughout the week. But I know that as long as I come on Sunday, someone will pray for me and I'll feel better. Okay. Now, look, in an immature state, in, in a new Christian journey, all of that sort of stuff, you, you have to rely on other people in that kind of way. 
But if you're not seeing to be, no, I'm going to become sustainable in this. I'm going to become a sustainable resource because I'm going to become a wellspring of life to give out to other people. So be responsible to dig your own well. When it comes to a well, the capacity of a well is determined by how deep it goes. You know, I mean, you could, you could build a big swimming pool, but it would get you know, kind of dirty and messed up. So a well is only a certain size. So therefore, the capacity of a well is determined by how deep it goes. It increase the capacity. And I think the same way for us, it says the deeper we go in the Lord and the deeper that we allow Him to go in our hearts... And we can press into the things of God, but He's going to press into your things as well at the same time, just so you know. <laughs> can you just forget about me for a bit, Lord? And I'm just going to go deep in you. It's like, no, it's kind of a mutual thing that goes on. Um, and He does, you know, and you can be, and I know journeying with people who have been Christians for many, many years, so um, such good stewards of their, of their journey with God, and yet things get exposed in their hearts. And it's like, oh, why, God? Surely that's enough. And He's like, well, I'm taking you deeper so I can take you higher. Like it's, I'm taking you deeper and we're just cleaning out more junk. Now, your well might be 10 meters deep and that's good and it's sustainable and it's awesome. But it's like, oh, you want to go deeper into me? Okay, we're gonna, you're going to have to go deeper in your well. So we're going to dig down. Okay, we hit some bedrock. <laughs> we hit some stone. We're going to need to deal with this one now. Okay, Lord, how are you just going to pull it out? No, I'm going to get the jackhammer and it's going to be, you know, yeah, that's it. Yes, he sticks a dynamite down there. But you know, it's all his goodness to, to take you deeper, so that you have a greater capacity, so you have a greater flow of life to come out of you. You know, this is the thing of ministry. If you want to, if you want to be used by God to do greater things, he's going to increase your capacity by getting deeper into your heart, so that you'll be sustained as the the increase of glory comes. Because the glory of God will, will destroy you otherwise. The very thing that you might desire from the Lord, if you don't let Him to do that work in you, to take you deeper and to purify your heart, that very thing that you might desire could be the very thing that destroys you. No one's safe in terms of their skill level or anything. Like you see amazing Christian leaders around the world have spectacular failures in their, in their life in their personal life, often in their moral journey. Because they've gone high, but they haven't gone deeper. That's what I believe anyway. I don't know people personally, but I, if I was to look at that, I'd think, well, how does that happen? How did nobody know about that? How are you not accountable about those things? How did you find yourself in that situation? Well, you put yourself there because you weren't managing this, because you weren't allowing the Lord to go deeper. You were allowing Him to take you higher, but you weren't allowing Him to go deeper. My final point is that well diggers are worshippers. <laughs> Worship is not an action. Worship is the state of the heart. So we are every single person on the face of the earth, because they are created in the image of God, they are a worshipper. And they either worship the creator God or they worship created things. So they either worship the true Father or they're in idolatry, worshipping kind of made up images of God. So every single person on the face of the earth finds himself 
in one of two categories. They either worship the Father or they worship a false god or idols. And I'm talking even people that consider, I'm an atheist, I don't believe in spiritual things. Cool, you just worship yourself and your own mind and your own intellectual capacity and ability and whatever. Like every single person. And we're not talking about raising your hands and singing songs to God. That's an expression of a heart of worship. When I say, well, we want to sing or dance or paint or do whatever, all of those things are just an expression, but every part of your life, which means that as you leave this place and you go, well, I'm not with a group of people singing songs or I'm not reading my Bible, I'm not praying, you're still worshiping. You're an unceasing worshiper. So what you put your mind to, what you set your heart towards, what you look at, what you speak about, what comes in, every part of that is going to affect your ability and capacity to worship God. But part of this going deeper in the Lord is setting your heart, like in the tr- it's like setting tr- the trajectory of your heart towards the Father in everything that you do. And the natural overflow becomes, it comes out in your everyday life. But well diggers are worshippers. But you're hearing, I'm not talking about just singing. Yeah, I'm talking about like, no, no, all of my heart is set in worship towards you, Father. Even when, when no one's around, my heart is set in worship towards you, Father. And for me, you know, when it comes to, the, you know, if you have a struggle with sin in your life, it's because somewhere in your heart you're not worshipping the Father. Because if you were worshipping, if you were enamored with the Lord and you knew how to access all of His provision, then you wouldn't go to that false refuge to access what you need. Comfort, significance, whatever it might be. So again, everything that we do, is it's a worship issue. That I'm going to those things because I've chosen somewhere in my heart to not worship the Lord with the fullness of my heart. And I'm finding myself going and seeking these false refuges. I want to pray for you. So why don't you just stand and we're just going to stir up the well. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Why don't you just stretch out your hands just to receive... Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hmm. I just feel, is there anyone who just feels like, I want to become a wellspring and I don't feel like I'm a wellspring right now? Just put your hand up in the air if you just feel like, I know I'm a well, but I want to be a wellspring. Yeah? Put your hand up. Awesome. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Well, Lord, we just release, Father, that wellspring of life, God. Release the wellspring, Lord. (sighs) Release the wellspring, Lord. Oh, thank you, Lord. Even as that word, Lord, it means like a jumping up, like a bubbling over, God. We just pray, Father, release the wellspring, Lord. Release the wellspring, God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. We just say more, Lord. More, Lord. Oh, thank you, Lord. Father, our families need wellsprings, God. They need our wellspring, Lord. Our workplaces, Father, our workplaces need a wellspring, God. They need our wellspring, Father. Thank you, Lord. Universities, Father, workplaces, God, need our wellspring, Lord. Oh, thank you, Father. Thank, I just pray, Lord, and prophesy, God, that we would even start to notice as that wellspring comes up, that people are going to come and gather around us, Lord. Even as they do, like in classically in workplaces, they gather around the water cooler, Father. But that people are going to be drawn to you. I just prophesy that people are going to be drawn to you because there's a wellspring of life flowing out of you. Like every word that you say, every touch of your hand, every look of your eye, people are going to be drawn to that because there's, there's life in you. And it's flowing out of you. It's not hidden away. 
So we just pray, Father, bubble over, Holy Spirit. Bubble over, Holy Spirit. Release the wellsprings this morning, God. Release the wellsprings, Father. Lord, let people come to us to drink, God, because we've learned to freely give, to freely let it flow out, Lord. Thank you, Father, Lord, that we would know what it is, even if we are in a dry season right now, that, Lord, we would not go thirsty. Because, Father, we would learn even to drink of the wellspring of your presence in us, Holy Spirit. That we would no longer be a dry and parched land. Because you would teach us, and we thank you, Holy Spirit, that you will teach us how to drink, Lord. You will teach us how to be worshippers, Father, how to come to the wellspring of life, how to come to you, Holy Spirit, and just drink of you, Lord. When we're in times of desperation, in times of trouble, Father, even in times of joy and satisfaction, we would know that the source of life dwells in us, God. That, Lord, we don't need to go out searching. We don't need to wait till a Sunday morning. We don't need to find a friend, God, that is more spiritual than us. But, Father, we can just sit in worship and say awaken and stir up that wellspring in us holy spirit and we will drink and find satisfaction lord thank you father we just receive right now we receive from your holy spirit we receive from your holy spirit receive from you thank you lord thank you lord stir up the well lord stir up the well god stir up the well lord stir up the well father Stir up the well, Lord. Thank you, Lord. More Holy Spirit. More Holy Spirit. Just keep leaning in. Lord, we even just release courage right now. Lord, we've tasted your goodness in this season. There's been goodness in the working in our hearts. There's been goodness in family. Even in dark places, there's been a release of your goodness this year. So, Lord, as we lean into your goodness, we say yes to courage. Courage in our hearts, courage in our spirit this morning. Courage to be bold, to be alive. Lord, the living water bubbling up out of courage, a choice of bravery released by your grace this morning, God. We just say yes to being bold. Yes, because your love makes us brave, God. Yes, because we've seen who you are, and so we'll take action based on that. Not because we feel forced or because it's a discipline, but because you are good. It's your goodness that causes us to be brave, God. It's your goodness that causes the lion in us to roar, God. We will be the voice of your cry for people to come home. We will be the voice of mothers and fathers calling for their children. We'll be the voice, God. We'll be the voice. We will offer the water to those who are thirsty, God. They are hungry for you and they don't even know it, God. Courage, 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 God. That we would have courage for the promises in front of us. Courage for this land. Courage for your people, God. Oh, how you love your people that we wouldn't doubt it when we see the broken. We We wouldn't doubt your love for them. We wouldn't doubt your love for them. We've doubted so long. We've doubted your love for us. We've doubted your love for your people. We've doubted your love for this land, and it's not going to continue. We're going to see your goodness, and we're going to be brave. We're going to see your goodness, and we're going to be brave. And as we step out, God, your goodness is only overflow, and then we'll be brave some more. Lord, we're going to eat goodness, and we're going to step out in bravery. We're going to eat goodness, and we're going to step out in bravery. It is going to change. It is going to change. We will not be timid. We will not be passive anymore, God. We drink of your goodness even now. Even now, God. Even now, just to know that you're our Father, that your love is so rich in this place. And we respond with boldness, God. We respond with boldness. 
We want to taste more, and so we're going to step out. There's no more victim mentality anymore, God. No more. You've got to do more if you want me to move. No more briberies, God. You are good, and you're going to faithfully continue to be good. And so, God, we want to be bold like you. We want to be, we want to be the Joshuas. We want to be the Caleb's. We want to, we want to yell around the city. We want to be bold like you. We want to be Gideon. We want to be David, wild in love with you, Jesus. We want to be Esther and stand before people no one else would stand before. For the sake of others, God, make us bold. For the sake of others, let us see beyond our circumstances. Even when our circumstances are so dark, let us see. When we cry out, we want to know you. It's because we want to know what you see. We want to know what you feel, God. We, know what, we want to know what you care about. You care about our story, so we'll just leave that in your hands. What do you care about, God? We want to be bold. Have our lives so that they can be healed, God. Have our cry so that they can be known, God. Have our hands that they can be hugged and touched and fed, God. Have our feet that they'd be moved from trauma into wholeness, God. There's a place for us here. There's a movement in our love here. There's something in how we treat people that is full of you that makes a difference, God. Make us bold. Even right now, Lord, as we've sung, we're laying down religion. There's been ways we've been taught how to do this. Lord, we just pray you wash it out. Wash it out. It's intimidating and it's full of patterns and methods, God, whatever. Wash it out. Wash it out. Wash it out. We want to just love how you've designed and how you're doing it in us. Because you're doing a love work in our hearts, God. We're becoming like you. And we want to love like you. We just want to love like you by your unction, by your leading. Wherever we are, in the shops or with our own children, when we're totally naked. Lord, we want to love like you. With our mates. We want to love like you, God. This is a new thing. It's a new thing because you've made us new. So we want to do this the way you do it, Jesus. Full of your health, full of your wisdom, full of your boldness. For some, there'll be extreme loves, and for others, it'll be a gentle word. Lord, we're just going to go on your leading. We want to go on your leading. Compelled by love. Bold because of love, Jesus. Bold because of love, Jesus sweet love. Thank you, Jesus. Oh. There's no greater drug. There's no greater company. There's no greater provision than the love of God. There's no greater answer. There's no greater sensation. There's no greater wealth than the love of God. 
And boy, if you don't believe that, cry out for God that that would be your reality this morning because it's the truth and it's what sets the captives free. And that is what needs to be pouring out, not earthly wisdom, not earthly effort, not earthly answers or substitutes. They need Jesus. And I look at my son and I, I just go, man, if you know Jesus, it's going to be okay. He needs me, but he needs Jesus in me. He needs Jesus in me. The world needs Jesus. They need Jesus. They need the sweet, powerful, unquenchable, healing, faithful encounter and constant presence of Jesus. They need Jesus. And the only thing that stops them is if we don't think they need Jesus. We need you, Jesus. We need you, Jesus. Nothing else, oh God, nothing else compares to you. We need you, Jesus. You are our first love, but nothing even comes close. Nothing comes close. Nothing's a secondhand option when we can't find you. you we, we need you, Jesus. We need you, Jesus. Come on, first world people. We need to get this up here, and we need to get this here. We need Jesus. We need Jesus. We need Jesus. We need Jesus. We need him. We are broken and lost, and we have a million other options, just like our supermarkets do. Choose Jesus. We need Jesus. We need Jesus. We haven't even seen, we haven't even come close to what he can do in you and through you. You have no idea. We need Jesus. We need Jesus. More God. God, we want to be devoted. We want to be devoted. Mm. Continue to purify this area, Lord, that our eyes wouldn't be split in different directions, that our hands wouldn't reach for different things. It's not a condemnation thing, people. You need to understand. He's the absolute goodness. He's the only thing. And our hearts need to come into a wholeness to grasp that because it's truth. And if we represent anything else, if we suggest he's a good portion amongst many other portions to others, they're not getting it. They're not getting it. It's they, they're using it the wrong way, for a better, better words. We need you, Jesus. 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 Refine that, God. Purify that. Purify that cry. We don't know how to do it, but you do. We need you, Jesus. Oh, we need you, Jesus. We need your solutions. We need you, Jesus. We need your comfort. We need you, Jesus. We need the scent of you in our homes. We need your peace. We need you, Jesus. We need to eat the meal you prepare, God. We need you, Jesus. We need you, Jesus. We need to know how to wash people's feet. We need you, Jesus. You're the one who teaches us how. We need you, Jesus. Mm. 
I know as I'm speaking, it's hitting wounds. I can hear it. I can hear that it hits places that just feel dysfunctional and lost. I can feel it hitting things that are just numb. I can feel it. I'm with you. But this is the truth. He's the only answer. So if this is knocking and you feel it's not going through, there's a position on your end to seek answers, to get help, because this is the truth. He's the only good thing. And there's no, there's no point saying the world needs Jesus if we don't understand it, if we haven't grasped that, if it hasn't won our souls over, if we're not lost in his goodness. We need that well to be flooded. We need that well to be running, to be alive. The bubble over is real life, real life. That's real life. We need you, Jesus. God, yes. We need you, Jesus. He's the reason to get up every day. He's hope in the midst of despair. He's the face. He's the third person in your marriage. Come on. He's the authority over your home and your children. He said he'll always have a roof over your head and he'll food on your plate. He's your provision. We need you, Jesus. We're not leaning into other things anymore. He's the clothing. He knows your size. He's your clothing. He's your covering. He's a shield about you in any circumstance, at work or at home where abuse or words or affliction have come. He's a shield about you. Doesn't matter what you've been through or the choices you've made, even if it was just this morning, He's the lifter of your head. He's your glory. We need Jesus. Do you see? It's in Jesus that we walk covered in his blood and covered in his righteousness. We need Jesus for our lifting of our chin. We need Jesus. We stand here because of his grace. We need Jesus. This isn't because we've lived perfectly this week. My relationship with my husband isn't awesome because we're awesome. It's by his grace that marriage works well. It's by His grace. Even if you've had a smooth relationship your whole life, it's still by His grace. We need you, Jesus. We need you, Jesus. We want to lean on you every day, God, to even acknowledge that's what we're doing. We're so dependent on you for our very breath, God, for inspiration and creativity. It's you, God. When we get something that's funny and a joke and we have a good laugh, that's you, God. We need you, Jesus. You are joy. You are peace. You are righteousness. We just give you glory. We need you, Jesus. We need you, Jesus. Turn it up, God. Turn that hunger up even more in our souls, our choices at home. just been sitting here and I just felt the Lord just saying to me over and over again there's some wells that have been blocked up stopped up 
by life's experience, negative experiences, the enemies come along and blocked up the well that used to be flowing. And if that's you today, just, just God sees you and he wants permission to begin to help you to dig and open up that well again. So it will begin to flow with fresh water um, back into the community, your family, people around you. Just, just pop your hands up this morning. I'm not, I'm not coming to you, but just if that's you, you feel like you're blocked up. What was fresh has kind of dried up this morning. Just want to pray, blessing, Father. Whatever the reason is, the well has been blocked up. Lord, this morning we just unblock it. Lord, as a, a community around people, Lord, we just speak a gushing forth that the enemy will not be able to hold back anymore, Lord that there'll be a realization that there is a fresh stream of supernatural life inside and it needs to come out. Lord, the rocks that have been thrown into those wells, how the enemies um, blocked it up. Lord, Father, we just removed the top this morning in the name of Jesus. Lord, even if a new well has to be dug, Lord, Father, let it be done. Guide, lead, but we just speak an unblocking, an unstopping of wells that have been stopped or blocked this morning in the name of Jesus that a fresh new season of supernatural life will come forth in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. We just release it this morning in Jesus' name. Old wells, come alive again. Hallelujah. Old wells, come alive again. Old wells that have been stopped up, become unblocked even today. Dig down yourself. Dig down yourself. You'll find that there is so much that the Lord wants to bring out of your life. Lord, the damage that the enemy has done, we just pray for healing. Lord, in Jesus' name, a removal of the lies and the damage in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord Jesus.